Hey, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Uh, this is a video, so I just wanted to let you know, obviously you can listen to it uh, on audio, but I just want to let you know that I have been um, uh, doing a lot of these on video to kind of show you what's going on. Today I'm going to go over uh, two Excel sheets, uh, two cheat sheets, uh, regarding the showcase, how to use it, uh, but also to kind of show you what you can do uh, on your own in terms of research. I think that there's a misconception as to what you should be looking for uh, when it comes to the showcase. And I'm going to show you the ASHP Residency Search Master Spreadsheet, uh, which will help you keep track of programs, letters of recommendation, application requirements. But what it doesn't really do is give you a good idea of what your chances are to match somewhere. And to match somewhere, I feel like you need to focus on two very different things, which are one, the rotations, and two, uh, the residents uh, themselves and their experience. So I'm going to go through this. There is a bit of complexity to it, but I think that ultimately uh, you're going to be able to create an analysis that is very telling as to your chances to match somewhere. So let's first take a look at the ASHP uh, master spreadsheet and I'll pop that up here. All right, so it's really, really tiny. Um, so I'm gonna try to you know, kind of make this a little bit bigger and uh, we'll go through these each one at a time. Uh, but just to know this is a big spreadsheet and I'm just looking at the very top. So the idea with this spreadsheet uh, on ASHP and I, I put it on uh, my website too, you can just download it but it starts with the program, the booth number, showcase time, and there's usually three showcase times, uh, forecast code, national matching service code, state and city. Okay. <clears throat> uh, then we go to the website itself, program contact name, the RPD, though uh, it's kind of like uh, the, the residents are usually up front and the RPD is in back to answer any questions that the residents can't. Uh, contact title, contact email, uh, and then mid-year contact name. So if somebody different uh, is the person in charge, I guess. Uh, size of the hospital. Um, obviously, you wouldn't do size of like the community <laughs> pharmacy. Uh, number of positions, uh, residency start date. Uh, and then, so I, I guess this is just getting a bunch of things that you could get off the internet. Um, salary, staffing requirement. Uh, and then are there specialties in PGY2 uh, and uh, other characteristics, pros and cons. And the first thing I want you to kind of take away is that uh, this was just meant to help you. Okay, so this isn't a, a beat-all, end-all uh, thing. It's just, okay, let's, let's help the uh, students out by giving them a place to start. Okay. And if you could build, fill this all out, and maybe you have 10, 15 programs, uh, the big thing that you're going to be figuring out is that uh, the showcase times may be the same for a lot of the ones that you really want to go to. And if that's the case, then uh, you're going to want to kind of prioritize them or even look at the map and say, okay, where are they? But what happens is some of the most popular ones are extremely busy at the beginning. And that also tells you a lot about how many applicants they're going to get. So if you try to get someplace that you really want to go and you find that it's like 10 deep to get there, well, that might be a tough program to get a hold of. 
But if at the same time you go to another program and there's nobody waiting and you have plenty of time to talk to them, uh, then you also know that, hey, maybe I have a little better chance at this one, uh, not quite as much uh, interest. So the AMCs for sure, the academic medical centers uh, are packed. Uh, and then that's the best time to actually do something contrarian, uh, which is to look for the places that don't have that kind of attention. And what you're really looking for is an undervalued residency. Maybe they're in a smaller hospital. Maybe they're a little bit out of the way, uh, those types of things. And really, that's where you find uh, the undervalued residencies. And the thing is that there's going to be a lot more residencies uh, each year. We, we've really grown uh, quite a bit, about 300 each, spots each year. Uh, so you're going to start seeing where this will happen quite a bit more. The next tab in this uh, Excel spreadsheet uh, has you know, the, the program, the requirements for the letter writer, and then letter writer one, two, and three. Uh, you don't want to go into this with three letter writers. You want to definitely have a four and a five if possible uh, because something might happen with one of the letter writers that it doesn't work out. Yes, it's ideal to have your three clinical if that's what the site requires. Uh, letter writers as the you know top three, but you don't have to use the same letter writers for each residency. You can uh, change it up, and if you're doing the split, and I, it's really tough to pull this off, but if you're applying to ambulatory care and acute care, those letter writers will likely be very different. So you're going to want to make sure to take care of that. Uh, as somebody who helps with an academic rotation, I'm really a uh, you know, number four, number five letter writer, because uh, most of these sites are going to want clinical. But you do want to have somebody like me on there if you're seeing, oh, well, they, they want, they're going to have a, a significant uh, teaching certificate or something like that. Then maybe somebody who uh, led you through an academic medical or an academic rotation would make sense. Uh, separate app requirements. So Again, these are the, the letter of intent requirements. Uh, I know there's a place in Louisiana uh, that requires very significant uh, letter of intent supplemental. Uh, it's not a supplemental paragraph, but a supplemental question that they want you to answer. And uh, so what's any supplemental applications you need? And then licensing requirements per the state, you know, are you even eligible? Uh, this may also really impact those that are coming from Canada. You really want to check with the RPD and, and see, you know, have people done it before? Uh, have they come from that country and so forth, especially international students as well. And then the to-dos. So uh, what's the program? Did you do the letter of intent? Did you do the supplemental? Did, did you do the final edit? Um, all materials converted to PDF, all materials uploaded to forecast, references submitted, applications submitted. And I think this is a good sheet. You know, it gives you a place to start. But what it didn't answer was, well, how do I know if I'm going to a site that's going to welcome me? And then how do I know if the where I'm coming from, the school I'm coming from, is a reasonable uh, place uh, to come from? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you another cheat sheet that I've put up uh, that can help you with those answers.
Okay, so the website to get these cheat sheets in the first place is pharmacyresidencypodcast.com forward slash match rates. And I'd just written this book, Pharmacy School Rankings for Residency, because I was using all of this information, but you know, students kept asking me, say, well, can I just get the, the book? And I was like, well, I didn't write a book. I just have all of this sorted out. Um, so I was like, okay, well, let me put it in a reasonable way to, to use it. And the reason I, I put it on a Kindle, and you don't have to have a Kindle to, to read it, you just use the Kindle Cloud Reader, uh, you'll see in a second. So let me show you, it's this top one, Rotations and Resident Match. Match your appies and rotations in colleges. Interview, match persistence, NAPLEX, and MPGEs to potential residencies. So let's break that down. Let's start with the appies and rotations. That's the first thing. You're going to need to look at your appies and rotations to look at their rotations. And then you're going to look at your College of Pharmacy's interview rate, your match rate, your persistence rate, your NAPLEX rate, and your MPJE rate. Uh, maybe even CPJE, uh, which is all in the book. But I want to show you why those are going to be valuable. So let me pop up uh, this cheat sheet first. This is the first tab. It's the rotations match. And what you want to do is take your appies, all nine of them, and I just put a fictional student here that's done internal med, infectious disease, peds, hospital, community, NICU, ambulatory care, and academic, and has hospital work experience. And I've taken the required rotations from a residency that are in adult internal medicine, adult critical care, ID, pediatrics, practice management, uh, cardiology, and then for electives, cardiology, adult hematology, and oncology. Peds critical care, NICU, PICU, uh, Peds hemonc, e, the EM or ED, ambulatory care, solid organ, heart, lung, abdominal, uh, and then practice management, some pharmacy, pharmacy informatics, drug policy, medication safety, APIs, uh, or so the teaching, you'll be teaching API students, uh, the VCU skills lab, the certificate program, uh, and frontline clinical on-call in the ED. And, you know, that's, this takes a little bit of work uh, to do this, and I'll show you the site of the residency in a second, but I just want to kind of show you that your internal med appy matches to their adult internal medicine, your infectious disease matches their infectious disease, your peds matches their peds, uh, your general hospital may have had some practice management components to it, your NICU rotation matches their neonatal ICU elective, your AMCARE matches their AMCARE elective, your academic rotation fits in with uh, their teaching certificate. Your hospital work experience works with the staffing that they'll do. Uh, although you didn't do the ED rotation, uh, you have some clinical that, that can help you with that, uh, with critical care. Uh, but uh, the ED obviously would be some uh, bit of a disconnect that you would want to uh, address. And so let me show you what this looks like on their website. Okay, so here we are, and we see that there's an orientation, and that's really not part of it. Uh, but they, this is one of the best websites I've seen from inova.org, uh, and we did a an interview a while back uh, with the, the RPD and some of the residents. But you can see here the required, here the elective, makes it very easy to see uh, exactly what you're going to uh, be doing. 
and then the schedules in some ways determined by the resident and uh, you can kind of go through these and see okay well how well do I match to them uh, there's going to be some pharmacy practice experience in terms of your staffing uh, so the every third weekend is huge uh, and then some practice management specifics that you may want to address uh, the uh, projects that you'll do uh, and then teaching opportunities uh, this is going to be big I'll talk a little bit later about this but uh, many sites are not paying for uh, ASHP mid-year they're giving you a fund to go travel but they're not necessarily doing it for mid-year and so uh, it's quite expensive uh, though I still don't understand how it's like $340 for students and then like $410 or something like that for residents who are making you know, a bunch more than students would uh, and then your ability to get uh, a, a license uh, in uh, Virginia so uh, you know that tells you do my appies match okay and so that's kind of the first and by starting to do this with the sites that you're thinking about you start to really see well does my experience work and it, it really is a job that you're applying for it's not a school that you're applying for so the things that you've done and will do uh, by the time you get to the application you'll have done maybe five appies and then by the time you're in uh, interview maybe six maybe seven but really you're applying for a job and they want somebody who's experienced in many of these areas now you don't have adult critical care they understand there's going to be some gaps and they understand that some of your electives that you're going to want to get maybe pick you you don't have experience there pediatric hemonc you don't have experience there uh, that's okay that, that's going to be the exploratory part that's going to be the part that that you build on but really a lot of your requireds should match up here. Uh, let me show you another place where this is, is pretty, uh, pretty relevant. This is the University of or Penn Medicine, uh, which is a very highly regarded hospital in Philly. And let's look at the required learning experience. So you've got the orientation, just as with INOVA, internal med, critical care, anticoag, antimicrobial stewardship, pharmacy administration, pharmaceutical care. But when we see that, we see internal med, which you had to have an appy with, but critical care and antimicrobial stewardship, those are relatively specific. And then also having anti-coag uh, and um, pharmacy administration, uh, those are also pretty specific as well. So when you're looking at these required learning experiences, you know, do you have significant experience in those areas? Uh, critical care is extremely tough when you're in an appy. It's certainly tough in residency, so there will be an expectation that you'll have that level uh, of experience. And so we would do the same thing. You'd put it into the, uh, the Excel file and kind of move from there. Okay, so those are rotations and, and how you would do that. But now what we want to do is we want to look at the people because you're applying to a job. Yes, you're, I understand that you're going to apply to a big hospital, small hospital, medium hospital, community hospital, academic medical center, and those things. But what you really want to see is, well, what, what 
how do how do I kind of fare where I came went to school and the schools that the residents are at from where I'm going. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to translate what's on the website at the residency site into numbers that are reasonable and you'll be able to kind of come up with uh, something for yourself um, that's going to tell you, hey, where where do I fit? Okay, so let's go take a look at the website real quick and then we'll come back to the numbers. I'm not sure if these residents that I know of are, are this year's residents or last year's residents, but it, it really doesn't matter. Uh, and I'll show you why. But we're only really focused right now on the university that they went to and the practice area interests. So this first resident, Michigan uh, Internal Medicine Cardiology, South Carolina, Pediatrics, Colorado, Critical Care, Oncology, Infectious Disease Practice Management, and then San Francisco Oncology, okay? So if we go back, you know, we can also get this uh, information and we can see where they went, okay? So South Carolina, VCU, Kentucky, and Ohio Northern, okay? And we could do the exact same thing that we're gonna do uh, if you wanna go, you know, that deep. You don't need to, but let me show you what you can get out of this and how to translate that information into numbers. Okay, so I'm gonna show you how to use the residency match book uh, to produce numbers that are going to be very helpful when it comes to figuring out where you fit in. So what I did was I went to Maryland, and so let's pretend that I'm graduating from Maryland, and uh, last year they had an interview rate that I would put as a five. So what I've done is I've grouped all of the colleges of pharmacy across the country, one to 148, into groups of 15. It's really, because that's what fit into a six by nine book when I, when I put it in a print edition. But what it does is it gives you a number from one to 10. And so my interview rate is the rate at which students at my college move from registered for the match to active with the list. So you wouldn't be active with the list if you didn't get an interview. Okay? Now, there's a caveat. Just because you got an interview doesn't mean you actually ranked anybody. Okay, So I'm just letting you know. But the interview rate, it matches as the fifth or it's still in the top half of the country in terms of those that got an interview. The match rate is just how you did in the interview itself. Did you move from getting an interview to getting a match? Okay, and, and Maryland uh, is actually in the third tier, so top 30%. Okay? And you could have put a percentage here, uh, but I really didn't want to mess with that. I loved how clean it was to have these you know, very small numbers. The persistence rate is the rate at which you not only interview, but you match. So those that started in registration that made it all the way to the match. Okay? And so when the interview rate's a little bit lower, a little bit, which is a five, then uh, it's going to be harder for someone to match because they didn't get the interview in the first place. So if I'm at Maryland though, and I'm a student at Maryland, what I want to make sure I do is work on my documents because the more that the better my letter of intent, the better my recommendations, the better my CV, the higher this interview rate goes. And you don't go anywhere if you don't get an interview. That that's the, the long and short of it. 
So for Maryland, it's there. But what Maryland students are doing that are getting the interview is that they're matching at a very high rate. Okay. Now I put this down here because there's going to be a lot of residency program directors that are going to get burnt this year. The match rate went up significantly, 10% between the year before and the year this year. That means that they're taking many more students that are much lower on their list. And you could be, there are many residents out there that are the 35th choice or 36th choice uh, that they had. Where you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I got my third choice or my fourth choice, uh, which is rare. You, you actually usually get your first and second. On the residency side, they're getting choices that are in the you know teens or twenties or thirties. So when the RPD is like, oh, it's you, great, you know, it, it's probably not something personal. It's just that you know they're they're not getting their first, second, or third choice. They're actually getting their choice that's in the dozens, uh, and then the MPJE. Uh, to be fair, Maryland is one of the hardest states in the country to pass the MPJE. Uh, even the, the students that went to Maryland and the other two schools in Maryland uh, really struggle with it. Uh, those that are coming from D.C., coming from Virginia, uh, it, it's just a really, really tough test. And I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But uh, let's say that my interest was in pediatrics. I got three 11-year-olds, so that's just where that came from. Now we're going to look at the residents that we had at INOVA. Uh, and again, I, I don't know if they're this year's residents or last year's, but it doesn't really matter as much. And so we're going to look at their uh, <clears throat> their numbers. So Michigan ranks two in interview rate. And that means that it's in the top 30 schools or top 20% of all schools in the country. The match rate is top 15 or top 10% of all schools in the country. And the persistence rate is number one is in the top group, which is again the top 10% in the country. NAPLEX pass rate is in the top 10% of the country, and so is the MPJE. So as soon as you see that, you're like, whoo, boy, all right. Um, that's that's going to be a, a really high-quality school uh, that one of the residents is from. So let's take a second to figure out how did I get those numbers, the, the 5, the 3, the 4, the 4, the 6, the 2, the 1, the 1, and so forth. Okay. So we're going to go back to the book itself in Kindle Cloud Reader. And I'm going to open up the search bar and I'm just going to put in the word Michigan. And so you're going to be able to go to all of the places where Michigan is in the book and you're going to see, okay, so the interview rate is here and you could use the, the ranking. It's actually 27th in the country of all the, the schools in the country. It has a 91.07% interview rate. That means that Michigan students match at or, or get an interview over 91% of the time. Okay. That's a really nice thing to know is that nine out of 10 times uh, a Michigan student is going to get the interview okay, or at least an interview. Okay. Now the next thing is the match itself. Uh, Michigan students who got an interview nine out of 10 times, they're going to match. Okay. So that also is very warm and fuzzy. If I'm going to Michigan, uh, I'm feeling very good about that. Now, I'm an Iowan, and although I went to Iowa State, um, you know, it's very tough for me to cheer for the, you know, go blue and so forth. But I got to tell you, that is very good match rate. Okay. And then the persistence rate means that from that group in the very beginning that you wanted an interview, that wanted to match, 
you know, what percent actually got to the finish line and 82%, which is uh, 12th highest in the nation uh, is very good. So when you hear people saying, well, the match rate really isn't the rate at which people match, this is what they're talking about is the persistence rate. Did they get through the interview? Did they get, you know, to the, the match? And I think one of the most telling things is that uh, this is a three-year school that's pretty new, Medical College of Wisconsin. It's 15th in the nation uh, and then this group with some very, very uh, prestigious company. So it drives me crazy, the U.S. News and World Report, how uh, they, it's not even on there, um, how far away it is when you talk about matching and rankings and residency uh, how there are just some very clear areas of improvement or opportunity. Okay. And then you go to the next tab and you see, okay, where is uh, Michigan with uh, the NAPLEX score? And you see that they are 97% uh, pass rate with the NAPLEX. So the RPD can feel warm and fuzzy that even on a 20-sided die, you know, they would need to score like a 20 to, to get the one person or two people that don't don't uh, pass the NAPLEX for Michigan. Uh, and then uh, the uh, MPJE. So even though Michigan students are going across the country for residency, uh, they pass the law at a very high rate. So I would feel warm and fuzzy as an RPD knowing that I have a Michigan student coming in uh, to my uh, residency. And so I'm not going to do this whole thing for uh, all of the, the schools. I'm going to show you what uh, I, I'm going to show you the numbers that popped up uh, when we do this. All right. So here are the numbers uh, where you have South Carolina, uh, seven interview rates. So uh, something's happening here where the recommendations and the LOIs and uh, the letters of yeah, and, and then the CV is not coming together. So if they could increase the number of students that are getting the interview in the first place, they actually match pretty well, still top half of the country, uh, five out of 10, okay? The persistence rate is a five out of 10, so you know, many of them match as well. Uh, NAPLEX pass rate uh, ranks a bit lower than we would like, and then MPJE is actually a four, which is a little bit higher. Now, I'm not doing this to disparage South Carolina. What I'm doing this for is to show you what the kind of range is. So you don't see, and match rate's probably the most important of these, but you really don't see anything lower than a five when you're looking at these match rates. So if I'm coming from Maryland, which is a five, three, four, and I see a seven, five, five, what I've done is I've created a range where Michigan is, is here at the top and then South Carolina is the lowest that they would probably take. And I still have to be in the top half of the country. What does that mean for you? Well, that might mean that if your college is bottom half of the country with match rate and persistence rate, six through 10, that's about 75 schools of pharmacy. Uh, you may not have a chance at this. Now, if you are the very top student or one of the very top students at that school, maybe you do. But what I'm doing is I'm giving you a general guideline that this is a top residency that they did take somebody from Michigan and UCSF, which are extremely top boxes, you know, ones and twos for interview rate, match rate, and persistence rate, uh, and NAPLEX pass rate. But they also took someone from South Carolina and Colorado, which are top half of the country. But what they didn't do was take anyone from the bottom half of the country. 
And that should be very telling if your school is in the bottom half. And I, I don't, again, mean to disparage anybody or any schools that are in that bottom half, but it is what it is. You know, the school has traditionally not matched at a high rate. And because of that, uh, the chances of you getting this residency are going to be a bit lower. And so all I'm saying is, I'm not saying don't apply to this residency. I'm just saying recognize that someplace like Inova might be a more difficult place for you to get if you are in the bottom half. Now, if you are you know, six with match rate and six with persistence rate, six with interview rate, maybe you're a little bit closer, have a better chance. But as you go down, uh, it's going to be a little bit tougher. Okay. The other things you really want to notice about this is that Michigan, South Carolina, Colorado, and UCSF, that is a very national group. There is not a single person in here from Virginia. And if you looked at last year's, yeah, there was someone from VCU, but you also noticed that DC and uh, Maryland, which are adjoining states, uh, are also not in here as well. And so what this residency tells me is that they are not as focused on making sure that they get people from around the region, but that they get the very best from across the country. So as a Maryland student, I would feel very comfortable applying here because not only am I in region, but that this is a, a place that welcomes uh, the best from across the country. And then I would also, when I'm thinking about the, if this student from South Carolina, and I'm not gonna put their names in here uh, for this exercise, but if I would be looking for this particular resident from South Carolina, and I would say, okay, well, I'm interested in PEDS too. Can you tell me what you've been doing with PEDS? Were you able to get your electives early? Were you able to get your electives at all? Uh, and those things. And, and this would be the person that I would want to connect with. And while there's all of these residents and you kind of get the first person in line, I would say, hey, you know, I'm okay to wait. Uh, would I be able to speak to this person? Or maybe I could come back a little bit later when it's less busy. Uh, would it be okay if I talked to you a little bit later? Uh, I just, I'm interested in pediatrics. I saw on the website that you're interested in pediatrics. Uh, I'd really be interested uh, in that site. Okay. All right, well, let's look at, at some other sites. And what I'm going to do is going to look like uh, magic where I pop them up here and it just comes up. Uh, but hold on just a sec. All right, there's the internet magic. And if you can't see this yeah, because you're listening, uh, I put up Inova, UNC Acute Care, Princeton Baptist, Huntsville Hospital, and the Orlando VA. Uh, I talked about a number of these in a past episode, but what I want to do now is do the same thing uh, for these. And I'm not going to put in all of the rates. You can do that. Uh, but what I want to do is make clear how much you can learn just by seeing the colleges these students came from. So when you look at UNC Acute Care, uh, I think there were two residents that didn't have a profile and six that did. But Missouri, Kansas City is in here twice. North Carolina, Florida, Ohio State, and Florida. I can already tell you that there are going to be very high match rates uh, and interview rates and persistence rates with these. And I'm not going to put the numbers up right now. Uh, you can do it from the book. But also what you want to look at is a couple of things. The first thing you notice with UNC Acute Care is that you say, well, UNC's got a high match rate because they take their own. Not true, not true. Only one North Carolina student here. Maybe the two that didn't have a profiler from North Carolina, but this is not you know, North Carolina, North Carolina, North Carolina. Uh, this is quite different. It's reasonable that people are gonna be coming from east of the Mississippi, uh, that they're going to be you know, in this half of the country, 
But it would be kind of interesting to see, like, really? Two from Missouri KC, 150 schools in this country, and you get two from the same school? And then you see two from Florida as well. And you're like, okay, well, you know, what happened there? And maybe it was that a couple of these students ended up doing a UNC rotation. Or maybe there's something, maybe they're uh, married. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I didn't really take a time to, to look at the, the people. But it's just interesting that you see people from the same school when it's 150, one out of 150 chance. And then you start thinking, well, maybe it isn't a one out of 150 chance. And if you get to that point, you are in good shape. So Missouri, KC, North Carolina, Florida, Ohio State, Florida, you see very good schools. Uh, and you can then quantify that uh, by going to the book and doing this with each of the schools. But then let's go to Princeton Baptist, and we see that it becomes even more focused. Two from Auburn, uh, which is in Alabama, where Princeton Baptist is, and then one from Lipscomb, which is in Tennessee, but still in the in the Deep South, uh, Southeastern Conference, if you were thinking sports and things like that. Uh, Lipscomb, obviously, not in the SEC, but uh, recognize that the Auburn students have probably have the better chance. Uh, and maybe uh, a, a Sanford student would might have a, a same chance as Auburn. I'm not sure what the relationship is with Princeton Baptist. But Lipscomb, it's reasonable that someone from Tennessee would have been able to come down to Alabama and have a rotation with them. Uh, or uh, maybe uh, just uh, it worked out to be one of the best students at Lipscomb uh, that got it. Uh, but when you look at the numbers again, these numbers are going to be really good uh, when it comes to match rate and so forth. So this going to be very competitive residency. Huntsville Hospital, I talked about them before. Half of them are from Auburn, uh, one's from Sanford, so four are from in-state. Uh, Pennsylvania, uh, across the Mason-Dixon on the north, uh, and then Mississippi, uh, back in the SEC. So you see that uh, very southern. You know, the question is, are the applicants from the south in general, and they probably would be, uh, or uh, is it that uh, they have a preference for them. And, and we can't answer that question. Only the, the RPD would be able to answer that question. But what you're going to see, and what I want you to take away from this, is that if you look at INOVA, Michigan, South Carolina, Colorado, and California, is a very different demographic than Auburn, 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 Samford, all in the same state, Shenandoah, Pennsylvania, and Mississippi. Shenandoah, Virginia, Shenandoah, Pennsylvania. Not sure. Let's, let's check that. Yep, sure is Virginia. So it is not north of the Mason-Dixon. It is, uh, so Virginia, uh, that, ma that makes a lot more sense to me. So Shenandoah is in Winchester, Virginia. Uh, so again, uh, very southern schools, uh, Auburn, Sanford, Mississippi, and Shenandoah. And so we see that there's just a group of applicants that they're probably getting from the, the proximity. And then I mentioned the Orlando VA. Even this Mercer person, had a tie to Florida. I think they went to undergrad at Florida, then went to Mercer, then came back. And Georgia is right next to Florida uh, physically. Gainesville is in the north half of the state. It's not in the panhandle, but it is, you know, in the northern kind of northern part of it, just north of Ocala. So you see Mercer, Florida, 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 Florida. And that should tell you a ton. Uh, yeah, you could put the interview rate, match rate and all that stuff, but you can see there is a clear preference. Uh, for students that already know the EHR, have already done uh, certain uh, appy activities with them, uh, and that is kind of the antithesis of INOVA, uh, which is going across the country, getting students to Orlando, where 
look, we, we just want students that have been here before, that know us, and that are going to stay with us uh, because we really want to keep these people on. And then if you go back to INOVA, you saw that uh, one of the students from last year or the year before uh, stayed on as a staff pharmacist and was hired by them. One of the best questions you can ask when you're in that kind of showcase is, where did the residents end up? And if you can't find it on the website, that is an amazingly uh, valuable piece of information. Okay. All right. So again, this is what you want to do uh, before you go to uh, ASHP mid-year is, and, and you can get that this uh, cheat sheet at uh, pharmacyresidencypodcast.com and start doing this. And what's going to happen is you're going to figure out one, where does your college begin? That's the very first thing you want to do is put your college up here and figure out like, what is the interview rate? You know, does my college do a really good job of getting interviews? And what is the match rate? What is the persistence rate and NAPLEX pass rate? And let's just take a look at some of the colleges that, that do the best. And, and you'll be really surprised at how different they are. All right. So this, the schools that had the highest interview rate, uh, which is the rate at which you got from registered to active with list. Uh, some of these are very new. American University of Health Sciences, I think they just graduated their first class. Uh, they're in uh, Signal Hill, California. Hassan University, Cedarville, Puerto Rico, UCSF, Thomas Jefferson, Findlay, Wayne State, UNC, Iowa, Rhode Island, Neomed, Drake, Binghamton, and Connecticut. Okay, so those are the ones that you have the highest chance, or did last year, of getting from that part of you know applying and getting to uh, the interview itself. And what these schools have done a great job of is that resume, or not resume, but CV, letter of intent, and the, um, uh, the recommendations. But I'm just, you know, tickled pink here that Iowa and Drake are both on here because I, I do help a lot of students in my home state uh, with uh, their materials. So am I moving the needle? Hopefully. I mean, I, I would love to, to, to think that I'm part of that. So uh, let's go on to the match rate. Uh, MCPHS has a Manchester group of four students that all matched uh, that got the interview. But Finlay, UNC, Toledo, Thomas Jefferson, Pitt, uh, Medical College of Wisconsin, Rhode Island, Nebraska, Purdue, Wisconsin, Connecticut, West Virginia, Michigan, and Mississippi. While some of these are very high on the U.S. news list, the private schools really get short shrift. So Findlay, uh, MCPHS, and Thomas Jefferson, uh, Medical College of Wisconsin, uh, those are not very high on U.S. News if they're even on there at all. Both MCPHS Manchester and Wisconsin or Medical College of Wisconsin are not. So you wouldn't know at all that these are some of the best matching schools in the country. Uh, so, you know, kudos to them. Uh, to be fair, they are much smaller cohorts. Talking about 20 people with MCPHS was like four, this, this satellite campus. Uh, so very few people but uh, they're obviously getting quite a bit of attention from their uh, professors and so forth. Uh, and then the last one here, the persistence rate, that's the one where you're really going to see that kind of top, top group 
that really gets all of those people from that application. And then, you know, it's Finlay, Jeff, Thomas Jefferson, two privates are at the very top. Uh, UNC, Puerto Rico, Rhode Island, UCSF, Wisconsin, Connecticut, Wayne State, Purdue, Mississippi, Michigan, Neomed, uh, Pitt, and Medical College of Wisconsin. To me, these 15 schools are truly the top 15 uh, when you look at overall people that wanted a residency in the first place and got to it at the end. Yeah, you know, a bunch of them could have gotten jobs and, and knocked themselves out and that, that takes somebody lower. But to me, the persistence rate uh, is the biggest rate. So again, the book has all of the schools, all 150, allows you to kind of figure out where you're at. Uh, and let me show you what the actual book looks like. It's pharmacy school rankings for residency, solving the application puzzle for future pharmacists. And yeah, number one release in, in pharmacy. But what I, I just wanted to show you is that what you can do, if you are willing to do this analysis and these analytics, is get a tremendous competitive advantage uh, over the other people that when you're going to talk to these residents that are at uh, mid-year, you already know that the appies you've done are gonna match what they're doing. And what you can do is you can say, hey, I looked at your website. I saw that I've, I've already had these appies. Uh, which, which of the appies was most valuable for you uh, to take as you were getting into residency? Or even better, you know, could you tell me some of the more clinical appies that you did that you feel best prepared you uh, for residency? Okay. And then when you're coming into a residency booth, you know that if you're coming from Michigan, <laughs> you are you know one of the top schools in the country and that you are going to fit in with most every residency but if you're in a position where maybe you're not in that that top half then you're going to want to really do some research and figure out okay well where did students from my school go that they did match okay let me go meet those residencies and kind of see you know what they're doing because I will tell you there is a bit of meritocracy to this where it doesn't seem like it. For some, yeah, certainly they're going to be very, they've got kind of their, their schools that they want to pull from and the region they want to pull from. But to be fair, some of the residencies or the residency process and the match process will be taking the very best students from all of the schools. Only one school didn't match last year and no school got less than three interviews last year. And... 147 schools did match. It could be so much easier for residencies to just take from the very top schools. And they don't do that because they still want the very best person from other schools. Yeah, it's a longer shot, but they still want that very top person. And, and we'll get into the Malcolm Gladwell of it and why, why that is. Okay, so um, kind of uh, first step really uh, to go back to the book, figure out where your school is in the big five categories, the interview, the match, the, um, the interview, the match, the persistence rate, the NAPLEX, the MPJE and CPJE. That's where you stand. Okay. Then it's time to start looking at the residency sites that you were thinking about and see, well, where do you really stand? And you might be very surprised. You might be, whoa, I do qualify, but do I have the appies? Because, you know, if you're going to a Penn Medicine or a, a UNC or you know, Inova, uh, there are certain ones that they're going to expect that you have and that you're going to have a certain level of clinical knowledge. Uh, the other thing that you don't really see is the actual interviews. 
And in the actual interviews, somebody that has that clinical knowledge has a tremendous advantage because, you know, they might ask you a question like, okay, what would you do about this hypokalemia? And you go, oh, well, we actually had a case just like that. And this is what we did. And these are the people we talked to. Or uh, there was some dissension. The, the physician wanted to do this and the, the clinical pharmacist wanted to do this. And then this is how we did it. All they want to see is that you've got a great answer from some experience that you've had or that you could come up with a great answer. So need my help, TonyThePharmacist at gmail.com. Uh, PharmacyResidencyPodcast.com is where you can find all this information. And then want to work one-on-one -on -one with me, it's Residency.Teachable.com. And again, as you kind of build these things, I can better talk to you, you know, a, a informed customer. What was the thing? It was Sims. It was a, a clothing store and they had this uh, great saying that an educated customer is our you know best customer and an educated applicant is someone that I can work with a lot easier than someone that doesn't know where they stand with their school and the schools uh, that the residents are at at the sites that they're applying to so the more you go into the numbers the more you do this and this analytics and this uh, approach uh, the easier it is for me to help you make the, the hard decisions and figure out like, there's 4,000 residency positions. Where do I apply? And it becomes very clear where you're going to have a good chance, a great chance, and maybe uh, it's going to be a long shot for you. So, all right. Hope this was all helpful.